Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week of the Max Potential Habits podcast. This is your place to come each and every week for tips, tools, and inspirational interviews to help you optimize your habits so you can thrive in life and business. And you all know that it is probably my most favorite thing to do in the world to chat, to chat with people about their inspiring histories. And today, you are going to want to tune in the full time because Paul Rogers is a powerhouse, awesome, incredible, giant-hearted man who I got to meet on LinkedIn. Someone referred him to me and said, you've got to hear Paul's story. And we got on a Zoom and we talked, I think we were on for like two hours or something. <laughs> we just kept talking and talking and I just fell in love with his heart and the way that he shares his story and what he's been through and where he's going. And when he filled out the form to come on the podcast, he wrote in the, you know, a, a potential title, my overnight success that took 21 years. I was like, okay, awesome. I love it. <laughs> so he's here today to talk about transformation, overcoming huge, unbelievable odds and he's going to give you tons of tips, tools, and just, you know, we're going to have a really powerful conversation like we always do here on the Max Potential Habits podcast. So welcome to the show today, Paul. Thank you very much. Um, what, a, what a lovely intro. I think I'm going to have you just narrating my life in front of me, <laughs> wherever I go. And before I enter a supermarket, here comes Paul Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Oh, wouldn't that be good? But you don't need it. You don't need a soundtrack. You just need somebody like your good self. That, so anyone who's who needs this, she's your lady for this. Nice. I love it. You know, and I want to say, I think that that's awesome that you're saying this because anyone who's listening or watching, you can actually do this for yourself too, right? Like we get to narrate our lives in this way where we're either beating ourselves up from our inner critic doubts or we're cheering ourselves on from our inner boss cheerleader. Like I like to always think about, it's funny, I have on my phone, I have alarms that go off throughout the day that are like cheers for myself. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome right? because, yeah. you, know, you know, what it's all about the sort of um, inward looking and, and, and thinking it's actually selfish. Actually, it's so, so important because if you can't, if you can't take care of your own yard, how the heck can you take care of anyone else's? So, you know, I, I'm a great fan of that. Yeah, so cool. Okay. Let's dive deep. So share, I would love to hear your story, share your story with the audience and they're going to be on the edge of their seat. So I'd just love for you to share what you want to share about your transformational experience of, of where you've been and where you are now. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, yeah, this, um, I had to sort of sit and, and think a little while ago about actually what putting all the things into their places and I kind of came up with this formula um, where it's like uh, overnight success, which takes 21 years. And it kind of starts back in 1999, the very year which Prince sang. Remember Prince? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> 1999, I started my career as a commercial lawyer. Uh, I know I haven't got the lawyer haircut now, but at the time I did have the buzz cut. I was completely into it. And... I did that for 10 years and um, I was a partner in various firms and, you know, successful. Um, I was doing multi-million pound deals and, you know, I had all the trappings of wealth and, you know, sports cars, blah, blah, blah. And the one thing I did find is that despite all of that, there was this, this itch I couldn't scratch. There was this, this sort of empty feeling inside where actually looking in you would have thought this was a perfect life but i was really really unhappy and what happened was that unhappiness started to just seep into other areas of my life it would be nice just to think it's all in one place but it wasn't and so i kind of came to realization that there was a crossroads that i either had the choice to carry on and my guilt career was in front of me with no worries or I had to make a choice. And a turn of events happened that the recession came in the commercial world in 2009, which completely flattened my market. So it was kind of like, it was nice because all my bridges were burnt for me. So when you've got nowhere to retreat, 
there is really only one way to go. And, and it's kind of that, that final push. So I looked around and at the time I was a kite surfer and I wasn't that good. I just enjoyed it as my hobby. And this is in England. So every weekend you have to dress up like a seal in the wetsuit. So it's not the most glamorous, but I thought to myself, I really like this. And uh, why don't I see if I can turn it into a living? So I thought, okay. So I took myself off to the Dominican Republic for a 10 week intensive course. So there I was 35 years old in the land of the bronzed and beautiful gods and goddesses, pasty white Englishman who's lived his entire life in air conditioning. So it couldn't be any more fish out of water. So I did that and I came back to England and I went from doing multi-million pound deals to pumping up kites for people on the beach. And you know what? I was so, so happy. And it really connected me with something which at the time I didn't realize what the impact of that change was. I do now. And within three or four years, I had actually bought the company I worked for, opened up a kite surfing business in the Cayman Islands and one in England. So I, I ran this international schools quite by accident. It was actually, I spent six months a year abroad chasing the wind and six months in England. So that went well until my partner decided that there was far too much fun and pulled the rug on me. So I lost everything and I ended up back in, um, my wife is French Canadian, so I'm now Quebec and a Canadian resident status. And so um, we had to make a choice and it was Christmas time, we had nowhere to stay. And we actually, we, we bunkered down in somebody's garden house for the winter. And then we were looking for jobs and we found a job. My wife was a teacher and we got a job to go and work on the Cree Indian reserves in Northern Quebec. So that was just like a big, big adventure. And meanwhile, I was doing my application for uh, residency. Um, and so I then became a teacher and I was teaching adult education. And that was just so much fun because, you know, you get to talk to people who actually they've been through this, the school system and they've made that decision themselves to put themselves back in education. So that whole bravery thing of them actually to say, look, yep, I'm, I'm going back to school. And so that was really good. So we were doing that and I wrote a program, uh, which is a uh, CGEP, so a diploma called, program called Recreation Leadership. And that was basically showing uh, people that they could have a career in leisure and sport. So that was great. Did the first contract uh, a year and a half. And I was between contracts when um, disaster struck. Um, unfortunately, um, in 2018, March 2018, my family and I were traveling in uh, our car when a train hit our car on an unmanned crossing. And by all accounts, the train went straight over the top of us. Thankfully, we were unconscious. My wife and I spent 10 days um, on life support and had a two-year-old in the car as well and my dog. And so he was completely unscathed. In fact, he had a little scratch. He looked like Harry Potter, the child who lived. And the reason being is that my dog was a husky Malumut. On the impact, the firefighters told us that it jumped over the back seat, covering my wife and my little boy and saved their lives. Um, he unfortunately didn't make it, but it just goes to show that even when there is no hope and there's a complete scene of destruction, that there was still a glimmer of a brave, brave act. And that has touched me ever since and has really shaped where I've gone. So when I did wake up, and my wife woke up the day before, so this is, this is a get the hankies ready moment. My wife said, um, I'd like to go and see Paul. She can't remember this, but she did. And so she came down and I was still asleep. I like to say sleep, it's far more Disney than whatever. <laughs> 
So I was asleep, waiting for the kiss from my princess, Sila. I can go, I've got a four-year-old, hey, I can, I can go Disney. So, um, so she woke up and she came down to see me and she was talking to me and I was still asleep. She went back and my parents arrived the next day. My poor parents, oh, receiving that call. You, I mean, as a parent myself, it, it just rips my heart apart just to think and if you've got children yourselves or grandchildren, it, 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 it just hits somewhere really deep. And so they came over and were told, you better get here now because we're going to have to make the ultimate decision when you come. So when they arrived, and of course, the thing is, you get on a plane, you're out of communication for seven hours. I mean, in, in, in time like that, where every minute is critical, it's, it's an eternity. So they arrived at the hospital and the doctor's, ran to greet them and they said we don't know what to say he's awake and we said look we, it's nothing to do with us we you know we know his wife went to see him last night and and said look we're going to just put this down to a miracle now a miracle is a word thrown around very casually in society and i didn't really appreciate it but when the top doctors in in the icu tell you it's a miracle you stand up and listen because they, they don't they don't throw around those phrases unless they really truly mean it. So when I did wake up, woke up, I was um, I had a broken neck, um, broken back, smashed skull, um, and I, for weeks and weeks I didn't know who I was, where I was, or anything. Um, but one thing had really fundamentally changed when I woke up, and I was party to various discussions which took place whilst I was asleep and I knew that actually that this was like my second chance that actually I was spared for a purpose and I pay it forward every day as best I can because I have been I, I am lucky you can hear I can talk <laughs> that I can actually explain to people and and I have been left with a severe TBI which is a traumatic brain injury and I suffer from chronic PTSD and so I have tried and and have distilled this down as a transformation again each part of my life has gone from one transformation to the next and Steve Jobs came up with a fantastic quote that you only see the dots when you look backwards connecting the way you've come from but you can't see it going forwards and it's exactly how it is and i now realize that actually that they all have a pattern and each time there's been a transformation you hear the phrase well your new life demands a new you well it's actually true <laughs> um, and you don't have to have a bang on the head all go through what I do to learn that, which is fantastic because there's a beautiful quote, which I use all the time. It says, smart people learn by their mistakes. Geniuses learn by other people's mistakes. So I am thinking you guys must be geniuses. So I'm inviting you to learn from my mistakes where I've been to actually find your transformation and get to where I feel, which is I feel like I'm living on purpose uh, with the passion and the desire to, to, to help others understand it and fulfill what I see as their biggest potential. So much gold in this share. Thank you so much. I'm sure that it's, I'm curious for you to retell this story. Is it, have you told it so many times that it, you know, does it bring up emotion for you still? Is it, how does it feel for you? Yeah, I mean, it's never easy. I, I, I'll tell you something that happened today. My my little son, my little boy is just about to start preschool, so he got to meet the teacher today, which is really good because back in the seventies, it was like get in there and just make the best of it. So, so, but but now it's like, oh, we're going to meet the teacher, and it was very nice. So, and we had to say, you know, he's fine, but you need to know our history, and my wife always said look if you want to leave the room because yes it does um it does bring up the emotions and 
I don't get flashbacks like Hollywood, the screen goes, the screen goes all wibbly. It's actually, I get an emotional or a sensational flashback, which will put me right back to the incident. And what I have learned is that even though I was unconscious, the subconscious still records. And it's that which actually, when there's, uh, I have a PTSD attack, it's that part. It's not the conscious thinking mind that gets locked in the trunk. It's the it's the subconscious mind which actually replays. And yeah, I mean, I take it as a triumph that every day I talk about it or I do something that, and I want this to reach somebody who is struggling with something, and if this can be like a survival guide to whatever you're going through, that's fine because actually it's trauma. That's what it is. And people think, well, well, you had a traumatic event a couple of years ago. Trauma, as we now know, doesn't start and end with the event. Otherwise when the coronavirus came, it'd be, oh my goodness, look at this. And then it would be over, but it's not, it's a sustained menace. And we, have all adapted we've had to do new things and people ask me well how has it affected you well actually for me i've been socially isolating for two years because i don't like loud noises and pe and, and crowds so i'm not any better i've just been doing it for longer so that's why when people have asked well you know what what do i use um I'm always very happy to share because trauma is trauma. It's not, well, well, that's worse than his because trauma can come from financial. It can come from relationship. It can come from anything. And trauma is just overwhelming the brain. That's, that's all it is. It's a very low threshold. So you don't need the bells and flutes. And I often say, if somebody's looking out for me, a simple sign would have been quite nice. I would have listened. Being run over by a train is fairly extreme, even in my book. So, you know, whoever is listening, next time, just write it down for me. I will listen. Don't worry, or I will read it. Yeah, I, as you were sharing, I was thinking that, you know, I think everyone has different experiences, right? And some of, sometimes it can come in a really small form, and sometimes it comes in a really big event. You know, like we would could say a catastrophic event and a life-changing, life-threatening, um, you know, and it's just, we learn different lessons in different ways. I'm curious for you, you know, you're, when you're sharing how geniuses learn through other people's experiences, what would you say are the biggest lessons? I mean, that's a, that's a serious life-altering event. I mean, I can't even imagine. And so I, I'm curious for you, what would you say are the top lessons you think you've learned from it? Well, it's... <laughs> It's kind of persistence is the main thing because unfortunately, um, I see this, this is how ridiculous it is. I also got told in 2014 I had cancer. And so, you know, and the difference is there is it was skin cancer. So things were happening to me and I felt fine. The treatments didn't make me fine, but actually walking into the hospital, I felt fine, but still a very mentally traumatic event and the big thing is and it's going to sound really simple these things because they are everyone has the capacity to heal and find their own strengths it's just that we in our very comfortable living have never had to have be tested on those things and you only realize how strong you actually are in adversity and there are heroes rising now, which beforehand are you know just normal people, but they are doing things over and beyond. There's acts of kindness, there's gratitude, there's there's that outpouring of really good stuff. And that's not been told, that's not been learned. That is actually intrinsic to who we are. And as a race, and you know, and I say that because I do think this whole stuff which has been going on recently is so divisive and I don't think in colors I just don't and as a people we have that strength to overcome anything we have overcome adversity so many times so the big takeaway is 
is actually it's inside you. You may need help to find it, but actually every single challenge you've had in your life has given you a little gift. And I didn't realize that I had all these gifts. And when I started turning around and looking, I found, oh my goodness, so, oh, that was something, oh, I didn't really, and it was like having Christmas because I was like, oh, well, I, I, you know, I've got that strength, I didn't realize in this one. And it's so, it sounds so easy, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, and I saw something really, really good the other day, the best doors open inwards. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, it's such That's a thing. Great. We've got... We've, we've got so used to looking to external, or we can make your problem better, we can do this. Actually, we're guides. And it's, it's, it's amazing what the body can actually do. Um, I've seen it do its very worst. I mean, it can put me into a panic attack right here, right now, by a simple thought. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful the brain is. And if that is that powerful for bad, just think how powerful it is for good because everything has a balance. Mm. And so that's what I've discovered. And (laughs) that's why I'm so excited to tell everyone because I'm like, you know, it's like, guess what? Guess what? We all, and and so (laughs) that's why I'm so enthused and why I look to try and pay it forward. Oh, so bad. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's, I'm thinking about the spiritual clarity that must come from that kind of an experience. And I don't know, I, I'm curious for you, did it unfold in moments? Like as you were waking up, how did you, it, you know, face what was going on? And, and you know, because I, I don't know, I, it's hard for me to imagine that you wake up and you're like, oh, spiritual epiphanies. I totally get why this it, happened. It, it's, it's not like Dallas when, uh, yeah. when, when, when <laughs> Victoria Principal walks into the shower and Bobby comes out. It's like, oh, I, I was like, that, wow, that was, that was writing genius. It's like, how do we get, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of work like that. I mean, what it, I used to think I was spiritual. I really did. I, and I mostly even wrote it on my resume, spiritual. And I have no idea what actually that meant. I really do now. And this is, this is a really deep share. Um, when I was unconscious, there were discussions going on about whether or not I would make it from inside my head. And I know that they were discussions I should not have been hearing. I couldn't respond because I didn't know. And um, I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was looking at everyone through my iPad. I thought, uh, you know, I was on like Messenger. And what I now realize that they were the bars on my bed and everything was, was, was going well. And I thought, and, and then my mum was there and I was thinking, and I poked her and, oh, you're real. And then that's when I realized that the light was where the pain was and I thought was the dream. And I thought the reality was the dark because that was actually where I run to, to get away from the pain. So despite these injuries, what happened was, it's a feeling. It's kind of like trying to say, describe what being in love feels like. And it's like, well, you know, it feels this and that. You're like, you don't know it unless you experience it. What we can do is show it. And what I have discovered is that actually the thing that's healed me the most has been a female presence, which has actually come forward inside of me. Mm. And I wrote a series of self-help books and I didn't have any designs to be a writer, none at all. And these things just wrote and and what i've now know now i know it's called channeling i had no idea at the time what it was but what happened was with a female presence came forward and literally these books kind of wrote themselves and so to start with i was terrified because actually i didn't know who i was i learned my name because that seemed to be keep the nurses happy but i had no it didn't actually it didn't I wasn't Paul anymore. I had no idea what I actually even was. I was just inside this broken up 
painful body. And um, <laughs> there you go. There's one of the things for it. I lose my thread. So that's TBI in action right there. <laughs> so, and, and so I'd read these books and I thought, well, I'm going to embrace this whole thing, which scared the hell out of me to start with, because um, I always saw myself like an avatar, like two or three steps behind. And I remember saying to my parents, I don't feel like I actually occupy my body anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of it which I couldn't get into and, and it felt weird and alien. So I went with this whole female thing and I gave her a name and I gave her a profile and her name is Kate Summers. And that is how I write as a pen name under Kate Summers. And the, the stories were actually using the two wolves story, which is the, the black and the white wolf, which one survives the one which you feed. And I realized actually that my white wolf was my white Malumut husky. Mm. And so that has been my way of honoring him by immortalizing his act. And when you see in the book, um, there's a picture of a dog and that is actually my dog running in the field behind. So it's, it's, it's the memory how I remember him. And so he, he's been my powerful thing, even though he is not here. And so what I've tried to do is tell these, I mean, the first book is about self-compassion. I didn't have a clue what self-compassion was beforehand. And it was actually my doctor. She said, the only way you're going to get through this is you develop some self-compassion. I was like, well, that's kind of strange. I was expecting some drugs or something else like that, but (laughs) (laughs) self-compassion. Where do do I go and get that? Is it it available over over the counter? It's way harder to do than drugs. Go go to the pharmacist and say, "Um, I'd like like some self-compassion, please. They'd be like, we need to get security in here. So I, I wrote the, so I went and looked it up and actually, do you know what? It's been my go-to thing. And the, the, the first book, I, it's free. I, I don't want to make money off it. It's not, that's not the point. The point is to get the message out to other people to discover what I have discovered. Mm. And the good thing about a book is it's something you can actually give to someone. You say, well, just read that. See how you go. And, and if you like it, fantastic. And so telling a complex story, a complex uh, concept in a story form is more memorable. It's more right side brain, left side is give me a list and I'll check. Right side is let's tell a story. And I always remember stories from my growing up, even though they were a long time ago. I'm not going to say how long because I embarrassed myself. But, (laughs) But, you know, Stories are very, very powerful. And I have a podcast, which is called Release the Genie. And that is the benefit of having a four-year-old that actually he watches Aladdin like back to back on loop. So I was watching, I thought, well, what a great name. What a great name for a podcast. Because it's like, when he comes out, it's like, whoa. And I was like, that's kind of how I felt. But I was trapped in, so, in a body which didn't do it but inside that's inside I was crying no inside I was <laughs> so it's that's why that and you know and people have said oh you know this is very deep and I was like it's as deep as my as my four-year-old watching Aladdin <laughs> so uh, if you want to go with that I am happy that you that's that's what you get from it because you know and so it's it's now dawning on me that actually and, and having access to LinkedIn and things like that. And actually where everyone's been pushed together mm-hmm. on social media, I mean, social media, this was something you went on after work for a bit of a laugh. Now it's actually, it's like, our main, no, no, now it's your main form of communication. All the business goes through something called social media. I mean, the name now is, is it's not social media anymore. And so I think pushing it together, everyone together, and it's kind of like then all being around the same campfire. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, if people want to sit and listen to the stories, great. We know what's going on bad out there. We don't need the pictures drawn for us every day. We've got that. We know. 
what we do need, and I was talking to, to Dr. Amanda beforehand, that the positivity which is coming out from podcasts is really filling that vacuum which has been left. Nature hates a vacuum. So this is really good. It's actually being pulled in rather than pushed. And it's going to actually start, it's going to start making a new a new lot of resilient people who there is nothing stopping them being leaders, nothing at all. Because the best thing is, is that all bets are off. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. You can do it. So true. I mean, I know you and I talked when we, uh, last time when we met and it's just this, you know, for me, podcasting has been such an inspirational space to bring stories like this and share your wisdom with the world on a free platform that I love your campfire analogy. It's like, you know, there's probably, there's 8 million campfires out there. Which one do you want to sit at and which conversation do you want to have with which people and what are you drawn to and all those things. And I love that there's so many options, um, you know, release the genie, like sounds amazing. Right. And I, I it's just, you sharing with the world and I mean, I, to me, I just want to say thank you. It's really courageous to come on and share this story that I know can bring up a lot for you and just using what you've learned to help other people is to me one of the greatest quests in life. You know, it's like when we want to hide it or I, I mean, I would imagine in a position such as yours afterwards, you could get it, you could fall into a serious depression and never come out of it. You know, like that's a, very traumatic event and your brain's different, your body's different. You're saying you didn't even, you woke up, you didn't even know who you were. You got to mm. completely redefine yourself. And in that you could either feed the black wolf or feed the white wolf, right? And you've chosen to feed the white wolf. So thank you for coming on. I mean, really, really thank you. Huge. Pleasure. I mean, I, what I always look at and, and I mean, I've, I, I, over this, this sort of enforced togetherness, I've read and I've lived and I've read everything and, and, you know, Things like Frankl, um, Victor Frankl from, you know, how even in the worst, worst mm -hmm. conditions, he still was able to say that there is that space between what is happening to you and your response to it. And, and it, it's very easy to be dragged around by your emotions everywhere. I mean, somebody, somebody disses you on, on Facebook and you're like, oh, I'm going to sort this out straight away. That's a reaction. And it's been led and pulled around by the external world when actually, I mean, I, when I first started law, I had to dictate my letters. So I'd get a letter that comes in in which it was, and I was like, right, dictate it. And then it goes off. And then I see it at five o'clock when my secretary brings it back. Meanwhile, I've had four or five conversations with whoever wrote it to me. And we've got the deal sorted. And I'm like, oh, I can't send that. That's terrible. But now you can bang that one straight back. And that's a reaction when actually if you just take just a second, because it only takes a split second to think, how am I going to respond to this? Is it, I'm not going to respond. I'm going to come from a position where I'm not going to get involved with this, or actually I am going to put something, but I'm going to put my own perspective on this because events don't have perspective you bring that to the party you either bring it's negative or it's positive it's like if we both went and looked at an event or something in in anywhere we both have different tales and that's perspective and so you 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 are in charge of your own thoughts and that then determines your emotions which determine your actions which then eventually goes to your results Yes. <laughs> and so awesome hearing that from you, you know, it's like, cause, and I know we've talked, you talked a little bit about like, you know, trauma is trauma and it's different for everybody and people respond to it differently. And, you know, you could have a, something that it, from one person's perspective is really small, but they respond to it or react to it in a really intense way or opposite, you know? So it's, I think that it's so powerful hearing that from you where you go, you have the choice to respond the way that you respond. And that ends up, it, it, what your results become, right? So it's like your, your life is going to end up being how you respond to each and every event that happens to you. And it's always a choice. And, and wow, you know, so to hear that you, you know, you've made the choice to create a podcast, write books, 
do coaching, help other people, share through interviews. I mean, it's just awesome. It really is. It, it, it's the one thing you have, I thought I found my purpose many times in my life, but I realize actually that it's all been coming down to this moment. And I, I have something which I call a mirror moment. Now, a mirror moment is that moment. And if I, what I describe here, this is you, you're going to know what I'm talking about. It's that moment where you actually look at yourself in the mirror and you make eye contact, eye to eye to yourself. And that's, and there's no, there's no, there's no hiding there. It's the truth. And it's like, I wish I was further ahead. I wish that this was whatever. And that mirror moment is that moment when you say that is enough. This is going to change. I'm going to do something, whether it's going to be, I'm at least weight or I'm going to change my something. If you've reached that line and once you've got that moment there, what actually you've been given there, you've been given a really good gift. You've been given motivation because that motivation will not come until you've reached that point of, I am not putting up with this <laughs> anymore. And that's not, that's not something which actually will die off in the oil. No, it's, it's that important. It's going to fuel you through those times when actually things start to get, well, why am I doing this? And I know I've gone through a series of these mirror moments and <laughs> one, which was actually fairly recent. And it just said, keep going. This is what you need to do. Um, this is not, it's not going to work out next week. I'm going to go and do something else. This is what I'm doing. And I don't want to be an ice cream salesman. I don't want to be liked by everyone. That's not the purpose of it. What, you know, it's the people who will, <laughs> people who are like the two flavors I offer. Fantastic. And that's what, I, that's what I'm selling. I'm not selling, oh, I'm going to look, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and that's the beauty. It, it, you're not going to attract everyone and we no. don't need to, right? It's the people that are ready to hear what you have to say and hear your story and integrate it however they need to at this moment. You know, I'm thinking for all the listeners out there who are struck by your story, there's something in it that they needed to hear in this moment. You know, I, I strongly, firmly always believe that where I'm like, even just you and I connecting it, that's what was meant to happen. Everyone's, everyone's path crosses for a reason at yeah. that time yeah and it may not be clear at that time why yeah but it, you know and i had a guy yesterday and and who who had said that same thing and i said i feel that i have manifest and i'm a very strong believer in the manifestation and I, and 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 the amount of times i've had oh that's what i needed to see today and i say to them every time it's you who manifested it not me so yeah. you know i got the idea but that's actually because you needed and wanted to see it and that's really powerful i mean we you say well that's crazy you believe in invisible we believe in invisible every single day yeah you know love trust courage i could go on they're all invisible yeah. Yeah. and gravity gravity yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Why are we floating away and so <laughs> Yeah, they are the laws. So anyway, yeah. it's not a big reach to say, well, actually, we believe in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to know. I mean, I could talk to you for a long time, so I want to be sensitive to how long we're going. One thing I want to, I want to hear if you had one like golden gem that you've learned that you would want listeners to walk away with, what would it be? Like just that really powerful, potent lesson that you think like if everyone just had this lesson awesome i think it's a very popular phrase at the moment which is why i'm sort of slightly hesitant mindset no it's oh yeah we heard mindset we know mindset what i mean by mindset what i interpret as mindset is that giving yourself the space to actually make that decision, as we've just talked about. Now you say, yeah, you're repeating yourself. Yes, but it's that important that actually, and, and you can start this minute. And what I love about, if you follow this logic, is that everything is just one thought away. Mm -hmm. It's not a distance away, it's one thought. And we have, I think that we have 60,000 different thoughts and pieces of information. You just have to pick one. 
And then that will give you decision and that will give you choice. If you have choice, you are in the driver's seat. You are no longer a passenger. You actually climb over and you get into the driver's seat. And that will change your life. It's as simple as that. You either go left or you go right. It's, it can be that polarizing. Um, Mm, and I've, so I've spoken to quite a few people who are suffering from domestic violence and things. And, you know, choice is very difficult, but it's still there. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's where believing in yourself enough and reaching out because sometimes you do need. And that takes, I think, the greatest courage of them all is to reach out. And so somebody to get to the point where they're willing to let it come out of their mouth, the thought process and the, what they've had to go through to get to that stage. That's where people like yourself and me and other people are there to actually say, we understand that we've got you. We're going to pull you up. Our, my, our hands are trailing down by our side to pull you up. Mm. I wish I could hug you right now. <laughs> I want to give you like high fives and hugs. <laughs> I mean, social, it's like social just, distancing hug. I, I know. I just, it's like everything you're saying. I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I, I same thing. I always say to people like, if, if it was my dying wish for everyone in the world to really know that they have a magic wand to create whatever they want through their minds, but it's the hardest work that there really is. I think you know, and it, it takes some big wake up calls sometimes oh, yeah, to no, it's, step it's, into that. It's the hardest competition you'll ever face is yourself, which is totally. why, which is why that mirror moment. That's why it's so important because it's not. Oh, I'm just looking at. It's looking at you, and you are your biggest and your hardest opposition. And so, yeah, you know, it's we understand the level of the task, and that's why. And I, I have a team of people helping me, and because that, that's what you need, and. Yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and, and asking for help is so, so, so important. Yeah, that's a big one that a lot of us don't do. I think it comes from that fear of that, you know, I've, I've got it all on my own. I don't want to be seen as needing help. It might be weak and vulnerable. I, I might look stupid. Yeah, I don't want to burden other people. I mean, and the second that you open up to ask for help, you're actually giving a gift to somebody else to step well, yeah, up to help you. You've stopped being a burden at that point because yeah. actually you're kind of, foul and unpleasant to be around because you're trying to deal with your own stuff so thank <laughs> thank the lord you actually asked for help now you might be a nice person so, so true <laughs> I, I, I know when i was making my transition from the lawyer i was not a nice person um and that's actually that's the burden and speaking as you say seeking help is actually lifting the burden where other people then can come and help because once you start opening that door to help a little bit all sorts of other stuff comes through as well yeah and yeah so it's like, oh, you know, and, and and what i found is people who i thought would help but people i didn't they've stepped up and like my goodness they're like yeah oh and so it's great because i've got this whole new load of of people who and friends which is is wonderful yeah oh, okay I want to know a lot more things, but we're going to, we're going to wrap it up soon. So what would you say are the top three max potential habits that got you where you are today? I'm so excited to hear. <laughs> One thing I have done and I'm only a hundred days into it. Um, and that is, I, I do a gratitude journal. So I, I, I do that every day, regardless if I have to drag myself in, I do it every day. And so that was been an essential, essential thing. Um, and so that's the first one. And that starts me off as a morning routine. So I do that first thing. And I now have got a central core, which I am always grateful for. And it's actually quite revealing. And I don't show it to everyone else, but when I look back, I can actually see my voyage. So it, that's a really mm -hmm. powerful thing to do. Um, and also it gives you lots of good content later on. Um, the second thing I do, and this is, this is tricky, is um, every day I send love to three people who have troubled me or 
are sort of have caused me problems in the past. Now to start with, that's kind of difficult because you're like, all you can see is like daggers and things like that. But actually the reason being is it's, it's trapped energy, which actually I could be using. So I'm forgiving them because I'm trying to forgive myself. And therefore, I haven't got lots of energy. So if I can lay my hands on any other piece which is just blocked somewhere, that's what I do. And it doesn't mean that I will get them to come around and be bosom buddies with them. I've forgiven them so I can move on. And I have found that there have been areas where I go back and I just let my mind wander. I don't direct it. I just let it find where it wants to go. And it, and it finds hotspots. And the more you do it, the easier and easier. Now I get to the point where actually I make whoever has really caused me problems, I get them to laugh and walk away. And so that has been a progression. And this is in your visualization space? Yep. Or, okay. Yep. So okay. I, in the morning, I, I, I do my gratuity and then I, five minutes, I, well, I do the, the forgiving and then I have five minutes just to actually let my little voice come out. Okay. And whichever that voice goes, I follow it without a question. And it's Powerful. never let me down because actually it's coming from your heart. My head doesn't, my head's a scary place to be. So actually I now use the heart. And when I look back, you'll never ever say, oh, that was a bad decision. I wish I hadn't trusted my heart. That just doesn't happen. It's just like, well, that was one of the best things I ever did. You, you turn it over to the head, they're like, well, actually, uh, we need to put this through committee. We haven't quite too sure about this. And it's like, well, just get rid of them out of the equation. Yeah. And go with it because actually it's right. Oh, so good. Definitely no one has ever said that as a habit. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> okay. Do you have a third? I do. The, 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 the third one is you have to pay it forward. It's like you cannot keep this in because it's like half the job's done. And, you know, that can be, it doesn't have to be big overtures. It can be a little bit of kindness. It could be paying for the coffee behind it. It, it can take many different forms. If you think it, the answer will come to you. You don't have to think, well, I need to, it will just happen if you're in that type of mindset. And it's like giving with gratitude and receiving graciously because a lot of people don't know how to receive stuff. And so you go up and say something nice to somebody and they're like, it's something again, which we go on for a long time about, but paying it forward is really, to me a core core belief and and it's like anything if you work out with this every day it gets stronger it gets better and it gets and actually selfish purposes it heals me at the same time mm. yeah absolutely I, I always think of it you know the paying forward it's like it, it's the giving and receiving and you're like you're saying people have a hard time receiving which then you're blocking the abundant flow of what wants to be created in a win-win exchange which you get to ha choose to have with everyone you interact with you know so it's that same thing of that choice of like do am i willing am i willing to ask for help am i willing to receive the help am i willing to give the help you know and it's just this nice flow that gets created when you're when you're able to do that most, most things in life are cyclical yeah the economy yeah. politics everything the world everything is cyclical nature i mean we know that the seasons are going to go through the seasons they're not going to miss one out one year like oh damn forgot it, it always does the same things and farming you you put the seed in you know it's no good going to your field going well there's nothing here well did you plant anything no <laughs> yeah no. hello so, so you know we are no different because we actually come from it all so it's inside of us so we have getting in tune with it is really really important yeah yeah Ah, oh, so many gems of wisdom. Thank you. Will you share the name of your book? Yes, um, it's um, The White Wolf's Way, Step-by-Step uh, -step Guide to Self-Compassion. It's on Amazon.com. It's free. Um, and it's under the pen name Kate Summers. And when you read her bio, you will see it's a watered-down reflection of what 
I've told you is my story. So it's not, yeah. You'll well, see. okay, no I'll put, surprise. okay, I won't, we won't split. I will have that link in the show notes. Share other ways that we can connect with you. The, I'm sure listeners are going to want to connect. Let us know the best ways. For sure. I mean, uh, I'm really, really active on LinkedIn at the moment. And this is where I've, I met Dr. Amanda and, and it's a fantastic platform. And, you know, that's really good for direct messaging and etc. cetera. Uh, I have a website, which is www.takeactionacademy.ca. The .ca is kind of important because up here in, in Canada, we have the .ca. So um, if you do .com, you won't find it. But it's a, it's a website with, well, there's lots of really good stuff there. Awesome. Okay. We will send people there for sure. It's been amazing to have you on. I, we're going to have to hang out at some point. It's going to happen. Sure. We just talk for hours and hours. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your wisdom, your advice, just your heart. I, thank you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you everyone for being here for another week. You always hear me say how much I love to do podcasting and that you are all the reason that we are here right now sharing our history and just having these conversations that open the door for you and for us to have those win-win exchanges where whatever we bring to the table, we hope that it lands in your heart, changes your life, creates habits for you where you get to thrive and feel alive as I always say at the end. So thanks again for being here and I will be back next week with more tips, tools, and inspirational interviews. Have a thriving, incredible week where you choose the white wolf <laughs> and you master your mind and you respond powerfully to all of the stuff that's coming your way so that you can be balanced, poised, and create the life and business of your dreams. Be back next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.